Welcome to Mrs. Flick's Picks, where busy moms can find the best books for their kids. Join me in my mission to cultivate children's moral imagination through good stories, beautifully written. Hello and welcome back to Mrs. Flick's Picks. I am Carrie Flick and I am pleased as punch to have you join me today. Over this weekend, I was chatting with several friends about Christmas gifts for our kids. And one of the ladies mentioned seeing a post on Instagram or somewhere, the idea of giving kids legitimate items for Christmas instead of toy versions. So instead of a toy sewing machine, they'd get a real one. Instead of a play kitchen mixer, they get a legitimate one, etc. And I'm assuming that the basic idea of this is that these are tools used in real artistry and the child should be trained to use them correctly to produce something really worthwhile and to grow in their skill also. On the whole, I think this is a wonderful idea. And I would go so far as to apply this concept to books and specifically children's adaptations of classics. Most adaptations I've come across are like Easy Bake Ovens. Do you remember those? I was so thrilled to get one for Christmas one year. It was big and pink and purple, and the brownies and cakes on the box looked so delicious. And then I took a bite of my very first baked creation from the Easy Bake Oven, and it was not delicious. What I ate was, I guess, technically a brownie, but it was heavy and tasteless and chewy and just gross. The thing is, I could have instead joined my mom in the kitchen and worked with her to make actual brownies in an actual oven that would have been truly enjoyable to eat. I would also have learned baking skills and built sweet memories of my mom and I in the kitchen working side by side. My present day love of baking was not born in my easy bake oven exploits. It was developed over time from eating ridiculously good food and wanting to have the freedom to recreate that whenever I wanted. Most children's book adaptations are only tasteless copies of the original. When we consider what goes into making a book truly great, the original plot, the strength of the dialogue, the word magic that lights up your imagination, the ability to transport the reader into another world, another person's shoes, all of this is lost in adaptations for kids in an effort to make them easier to read. And my fear is that these versions don't do anything to whet the appetite for the original. The books I've picked for you today are all great classics of children's literature that can stand on their own laurels. They were originally written for children, and there's no need to water down the language in an adaptation. You may have to read them aloud as a family, depending on your kid's age, but those reading times are the quality ingredients of memories, and they will be so much sweeter than an easy-bake brownie.
Well, my first pick is The Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. There is so much to be gleaned by this one that it's a little difficult for me to zero in on just why this book should belong on everyone's shelves. There's a reason it has been made into so many film adaptations. And yes, I have seen them all. The March sisters are not saints. They squabble amongst themselves and each of them exhibits pride or selfishness through one form or another. The oldest sister, Meg, struggles with vanity because of the combination of her pretty looks and her family's poverty. Joe is rebellious against authority and has an anger problem. Beth is very nearly an angel, but she's painfully shy, and her indulgence in that is its own form of selfishness. And Amy is, well, she's just Amy, charming and vivacious, but vain, proud, greedy, and petulant. But in spite of their personal failings, these girls are adamant in their love of family and home. Even though their father is away fighting in the Civil War and their worldly possessions are few and threadbare, they are creative with their resources and generous with what they have. And when each are called to roll up their sleeves and do what hard work is demanded of them, they rise to the occasion. They sacrifice for each other and their mother in hundreds of different ways. None of this noble morality comes easily to them, though. They know their sin, confess it to each other, and continue to wrestle with themselves to do the right thing with a joyful heart. Little Women does run the risk of being a morality tale, but the humanity and shortcomings of each March sister saves it. It is an inspiring and sweet moral story without the sentiment being overpowering. Little Women is actually divided into two parts, with the first part focused on the girls' childhood and the second focused on their coming of age in adulthood. But each part is lengthy enough to be its own book. I wouldn't hesitate to read the first part aloud to girls as young as eight, and most 10-year-olds should be able to read and enjoy all of it independently. Well, I know Little Women is super feminine and girl-focused, so this next pick has nary a female character in the whole book. I'm talking about Robert Louis Stevenson's Kidnapped, which should be required reading for every boy. The story centers around Scottish youth David Balfour, who's about 15 or 16 years old. The novel opens just after the death of David's father. As he is now bereft of both parents, with no income, David sets off to make contact with a long-lost uncle whom he has never met. This uncle has a significant fortune, but betrays David's trust by selling him into captivity. David finds himself held prisoner on board a ship bound for the Americas. He is desperate to gain his freedom, make his way back home, and seek justice for the treachery of his uncle. But his situation looks quite hopeless, until one night when the ship's crew takes on board a mysterious gentleman on his own mission for justice. This is a wonderful adventure novel full of uh, sword fights and gun fights and um, Uh, escapes, but it's pretty meaty on questions of ethics. 
David has to work through which moral laws are ones that he must not compromise on at all, and whether or not he must hold his friends to those same laws. He has to determine how to judge character and who is worthy of his trust and to what extent. Maybe it is mostly a story of loyalty, the virtue of dogged determination in hardship and friendship alike. But the reader also sees him grow and mature from a naive teenage boy to a wizened, humble young man. He is certainly a victim, but refuses to stay in that role of his own story. Stevenson was a very gifted writer and could produce a definite hair-raising suspense, but he also wrote for children, so he never lets the fear factor become too strong without cleverly reminding the reader that this tale has a happy ending. Even so, the language is advanced, with a good deal of Scottish dialect and historical references throughout. Anyone unfamiliar with the Jacobite Rebellion should do a quick Google search just to have a simple, basic understanding of one of the major plot lines. So I would save it as a read-aloud for anyone under the age of 12. Stevenson also wrote Treasure Island, which has a lot of the same themes and is equally as good. My last pick for you is Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. If you're unfamiliar with the plot... Anne Shirley is a young orphan girl who is accidentally sent to an elderly brother and sister pair seeking to adopt a boy to help them on their farm. Anne has a melodramatic personality, and she makes a dream world around her when her reality is less to her liking. This habit of hers, as well as her passionate and stubborn disposition, leads to all sorts of social faux pas and hot-headed outbursts, all of which she must repent of and make right. She grows to be fluent in apologies and contrition. But Anne is also extremely loving and faithful, and if she too often indulges in her fantasy world, she also sees the magical loveliness of her real world. Her poetic descriptions of everything from ponds to frogs to Octobers slow the reader down and makes them recall for themselves how beautiful God's creation really is. Anne helps us to see more clearly in that way. She helps the reader open their eyes to the wonder all around them and never take it for granted. And this isn't confined to the natural world either. She is equally enthralled with the luxuries of lemonade and picnics and playdates. Anne of Green Gables is such a wonderful story of one little girl's life who was dramatically and forever changed by a supposed mistake, an apparently lucky twist of fate. And my apologies to the boys' moms for doing yet another girl-themed book, but I will say this. Even though Anne has an incredibly romantic nature and is dreamy and girlish, the story itself is not inherently feminine. And Anne's scrapes and escapades are downright hilarious for young girls and boys alike. Every child is different, of course. But I have a feeling that if your boys are within earshot of you reading this to your daughters, they're going to stick around a bit to listen in too. I'd suggest it for ages 8 and up. 
And that wraps up this week's picks. Next time, I'll have some cozy Christmas stories for you, so be looking out for that. And until next time, happy reading.